Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. All right, first and pod, every game, every week, every team, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi, subscribe, rate, review coming to you at the conclusion of Saints-Cardinals, which we can get to. We'll get to week seven, but we actually are going to start with Chiefs-Niners, probably the biggest game of week seven, because we called it. Christian McCaffrey has been traded. Everyone always likes to point out, Pony, when we get things wrong. But first in pod, the first to say the Niners made the most sense as a destination for Christian McCaffrey, a second, third, and fourth in 2023, and a fifth in 2024 in exchange for Christian McCaffrey. Your thoughts? They gave up a lot. You know, he's not, he's under contract for, I think, three years after this. So it do, it's not technically a one bite at the apple all in on 2022 thing, Danny. But it kind of feels like it because you never know. Look at McCaffrey to this point with his injury history. I mean, he's having a really good year. You think with uh, Shanahan and with better players around him, they can make him even better in San Francisco. But, I mean, they gave up everything. This is like a Mike Ditka situation with, for Ricky Williams. They're, the cupboard is bare in next year's draft because of Trey Lance and now this. So for me, the Niners with Garoppolo back at the helm, with Bosa trying to get healthy, with Trent Williams trying to get healthy, now McCaffrey to go with Samuel and Ayuk in their offense. This is it. Like no NFC championship game ceiling, no lose the Super Bowl. Like this is it now. You get Christian McCaffrey, you're paying a running back this kind of money and you give up this many draft picks. You've got to win now. And I'm not confident that they will. I think it's hard, even with Shanahan's great work with running backs in their scheme, there's really no precedent for a guy like this getting traded midseason and elevating a team to a Super Bowl unless you count Odell Beckham Jr. And he got injured in the Super Bowl last year. So 
I got to say I love the trade, though. I, I, I respect- For both sides? For both teams? Yeah. 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 I, I mean, for, for Carolina, it clearly makes sense. You got, you got four draft picks for a running back when you're rebuilding and you weren't going to get a first round pick, but you ended up getting four picks. So for Carolina, it clearly makes sense. Uh, and you probably felt like you had to pay a premium or receive a premium in order to trade him in the NFC, uh, which was one of the only hesitations we had when we named the Niners as the team that made the most sense. So for, I think for Carolina, it's an easy sell. You got four Well, we drafts. also didn't know if the Niners wanted to trade more picks after the Lance deal. That was the other thing we put, the other asterisk we put on it. Right, but from a football standpoint, four contenders, it's the best fit because yeah. of what you mentioned with Shanahan, because of... The fact that they do have Garoppolo, so they're limited, but he is a check down quarterback. So he, I mean, we, we saw it in the, the Thursday night game. Like D- Dalton is a guy who has problems throwing the ball down the field, but he can check the ball down to guys. Like some quarterbacks are just better at it because they're limited and it's, it's their limitations that make them good at dumping the ball off the running backs. And that's exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo is. It, it fits perfectly for what the Niners are. And I'm obviously with you. It's a Super Bowl or bust type of trade. I mean, it's going to be hard to make the argument that if they win the NFC championship, you know, that's something that you celebrate. That's something that you get a trophy sure. for. It's going to be hard to make the argument that winning an NFC championship and losing a Super Bowl, you made a mistake. But I think that this is also less Snead and the Rams influenced right there in their own division, right there in their own backyard. F them picks. Like, Teams are coming to the realization that draft picks are lottery tickets. And if you're close, like if you're if you're the Bears, if you're the Steelers, if you're not close, acquiring lottery tickets is how you get good and what you need to do if you're Carolina. But if you're close and the Niners clearly are close, especially in the wide open NFC, what good is a fourth round pick? When you can go out there and get a difference-making offensive weapon and, in your mind, make yourself the favorites in the NFC or at least co-favorites with the Eagles. So I, I will always respect aggression if it's calculated aggression for a good team. They're a good team that's trying to be great. So I respect the hell out of the move. For well, the uh, uh, yeah, but it's, it's a massive overpay because in one respect, you're right, like, there is now, I think some of the new age progressive thinking is I would rather have the sure thing, give me the player that I can plug in and watch him make a difference now compared to keeping my fingers crossed that the draft pick pays off. But dude, they did this for a running back and they did this for an injury plagued running back. The all the, the modern thinking on running back is also that they're fungible and interchangeable, especially well, in that offense. That's the other part of it. Moster, Wilson, Mitchell, like all those guys put well, up. They numbers. haven't been this year. What's that? They haven't been this year for, for 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 San Francisco, and they got rid of some of those guys, and they got by far the most talented dude to play in to play in that system. I, I, I don't I don't disagree with that, but you can easily make the case that with any of the four picks the Panthers got back, they can draft a running back in one of those spots who is as soon as next year will be better than Christian McCaffrey. That to, uh, I mean, well, well, yeah, we'll see. But again, none of those players can play for the Niners this year. 
None of those players can play for the Niners. In Let me ask this, you a question. In this pursuit of a Super Bowl. Let me ask you a question. If the Giants were out of it and another team had made the same exact trade for Saquon Barkley and gave up four picks, would you be fine with that too? It Well, the difference is, is that you have to pay Saquon. You have cost certainty with McCaffrey. But the cost certainty isn't good. It's still over $10 million a year. You don't no, want to I, pay a running I, back I, well, that. I mean, it's a bad newer, contract. The newer the contract, the more expensive it's it's going to be. I'm with you, man. I thought that the Saquon pick was ridiculous. I'm not a fan of overpaying uh, for running backs, but there's a huge difference in the second overall pick in the draft and mid-round picks, second, third, and fourth. And I know those are high picks, but I mean – Belichick drafted a running back with the last pick of the first round. Andy Reid drafted a running back with the last pick of the first round. You can make low draft pick investments in running backs because you want to have cheap guys. On and those were bad picks, though. To be to be honest, uh, right. But I'm saying it's, but it's, well, it they they were. Clyde Edwards-Helaire is still contributing. To, to to the Chiefs, he's obviously been a bad pick. He's obviously been disappointing. I, I agree with that. But in terms of straight investment in position, I don't think it's a bad pick. You see what I'm saying? Like though It's a bad pick because it didn't work. If you would have drafted Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey with the 32nd pick in the draft, that is not a bad draft pick. You can absolutely make that work, that contract work, that level of cost control work for a running back. You can't make the second overall pick work for a running back. So I, what offensive player is going to be traded this year that would help San Francisco win this Super Bowl more than Christian McCaffrey? I don't think there is one. But so then, I mean, I you got to respect the aggression. Well, but let me ask you this: Do you think they're better than the team they're playing Sunday afternoon as a result of this trade? Well, they don't have to be until the Super Bowl. Well, right. But let me. What do you think? No, of course not. Me neither. So that's but, that's the but, other but part. Bernie, of they could they could have traded for Justin Jefferson, and I wouldn't have thought that. Well, I don't know. Well, here's the thing: This gets back to the Garoppolo situation. Is that as long as he is your quarterback? You can make moves that that you know do lift you up the NFL totem pole, but at the end of the day, people like you and I are still going to say that yeah, it should be Super Bowl or bust because of the moves they've made for now. But they're not actually that kind of team. Like we love their defense and we love their fifty-three man roster. And I think and their and I, coach and, and their, their coach. Path. I'm just going to say their coach. But they're putting Jimmy Garoppolo in a situation here, in my opinion. Where they're going to have to win a Super Bowl like the Eagles with Foles, or yes, you know the Giants with Jeff Hostetler, or the you know the Bucks with Brad Johnson. Like it can happen. I'm naming examples of that. But the quarterback's in the sidecar. He's a passenger. It can happen. But I'm just saying that's a you're threading a needle, and you gave up a lot to try to throw a perfect pass to win a Super Bowl. Basically, uh, yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, I that I agree with everything you said. I won't make a counter argument to it. But again, I I do respect the aggression of it, and they will say that they think that he will help Trey Lance next year. 
And now, if listen, if they lose in the divisional round of the playoffs, it's obviously going to be very, very, very difficult. And you hold your breath with the injury stuff with him, not only because of his history, but just because of the demands of the position. Yeah, and and because of football, absolutely. It's it's a, it's a fascinating trade. It's obviously much riskier for the Niners than than it is the Panthers. But man, and and part of this, admittedly, like. I'm is informed by how bad I think the NFC is. Yeah. Like they have to beat, they, they have to beat at this point. They don't have to really worry about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or a team with a much better quarterback than them. They have to beat Jalen Hurts, who is good and would be a top three MVP finisher as of this moment. But Jalen Hurts is not a proven commodity NFL playoff quarterback. They don't have to – it's not a murderer's – they don't have to go through Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes just to make it to the Super Bowl. they got to go through Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Well, I do think between now and the end of the year, obviously, there will be a couple of teams that are under the radar. Of course. That pop up. And, and frankly, going off the Thursday night game with Arizona, you know, look, they, they got two pick sixes. Andy Dalton, I think, said F it. I'm probably never going to start another game in the NFL because Jameis is going to play next week. So I might as well just let it rip, which I actually admire him for because that's not the way he typically plays. So he cut it loose and it backfired and they lose the shootout. But the interesting thing about Arizona, I would feel like this. If the Hollywood Brown injury didn't happen, you can crush Kingsbury, which we do. You can say Kyler has his weaknesses as a quarterback that prevent him from being a top 10 guy. But fuck, man, if they had Hopkins and Brown, they would get, to me, they'd be they'd be super interesting and they would be, a, you talk about San Francisco's weapons, that would keep defensive coordinators up at night, those two guys on the field. They were 8-2 and two last year when Hopkins played. And now they've got two number one wide receivers if they can get them on the field at the same time, Danny. Yeah, well, and again, you grade everything on the curve because if you get healthy in the NFC, you clearly have a path, even if you're a flawed team. And they're a flawed team. Uh, But you bring up all the time, Kyler's best is really freaking good. You don't know when you're going to get it, but you give him those two dudes plus Ertz in the middle, Rondale Moore. I mean, that's a lot of weapons, man. It, it's it's I mean it's why they made the moves like that they, they they paid Kyler made an insane trade for Hopkins and I know I'm doing this out of order but made an insane trade for Hopkins paid Hopkins paid Kyler traded for Ertz like yeah got Hollywood Brown like they went all in to support their quarterback which is another thing that I generally speaking respect uh, but I do think they're still a flawed team I think they're a flawed team defensively I thought that this game you know Dalton you said he let it rip I mean he got let down uh Callaway's got stone hands <laughs> like that I mean Jesus like that that guy shouldn't be playing and he won't be well if, he won't be because the other two guys are hurt yeah, right now. yeah when Thomas and Landry come back but like I mean he and then the pick six to Isaiah Simmons my guy uh I mean that was a horrible throw but there's not a lot of 6'4", 240-pound linebackers that. Yeah. that are running to the left and can reach back with their right hand, yeah. one-handed snag that, and then pick six it to the house. That is an elite-level athletic play. My guy, is, is, is at this point, has 
a forced fumble in the Raiders game in overtime, a 13 tackle game against the Eagles, and then that pick six tonight on Thursday night football. And he's got a couple of duds. He had a rough game against the Chiefs uh, in, in the opener. He's got a three tackle game. Like he's, you know, he's been hit or miss, but he doesn't have a lot of support. I still think that he is a absolute. If Arizona's oh. like a seven seed, if they could get their way to nine wins. Yeah. If I was a two seed, I don't want, I would not want to play Brown, Hopkins, I agree. Murray, and then Watt, Buda Baker, and Simmons on defense. I agree. I agree. They're a, I mean, you will feel like you have the coaching advantage and yes. this is their first home win in a calendar year. So they're clearly flawed. Like, I'm not ready to say I'm scared of Kingsbury. Yeah, and Murray shit his pants in the playoffs last year and Call of Duty comes out this week. Right. Well, that's the thing. They won in a Call of Duty week. That's big. And he, was, <laughs> he, he was limping in the fourth quarter. He was kind of gimping around, maybe setting himself up to miss a practice or two uh, to get to get some extra time in. But but yeah, winning, winning a Call of Duty week game is, is huge for them. So, all right. So that's Thursday Night Football. We did... Uh, I mean, just briefly, just on the Chiefs side of it, you know, the idea of the, that game feeling like a Super Bowl preview, I, I'll just say yes, because we've seen it in a Super Bowl, and we clearly think that those are two teams that can get there. I wouldn't say it's the most likely Super Bowl matchup, but given how weird uh, the NFC has been this year, and yeah, maybe you don't have the Chiefs as the one seed right now in the AFC, obviously, because of Buffalo. Like, those are two of the top five teams you would say you'd expect to meet in Arizona. So I, I I will say that, yes, even coming off last week where, you know, we had Eagles, Cowboys, yeah. we had Chiefs, Bills. Like it was a, it was a much better slate of games on paper last week than it is this week. That game should get big time billing because of the potential for those teams to meet in February. Yeah. Kansas city, I think. Yeah, of course. I mean, after Buffalo, they're the obvious second choice in the AFC universally. They've earned that. They they get the benefit of the doubt because of all the AFC championship games they've been to here because of how great Mahomes is. But they've got to figure out, like, Mahomes 17 touchdowns and has been great, but their secondary, they've got to get those guys healthy and then figure out if they're good or not. Because they gotta, they're that, playing a lot of young players. Like, they, they got to get, they got to get the secondary. There's boomer bust potential back there for them to lose games in December and in January where they just don't get, again, they don't have the ball last and their defense can't stop people. We're back to that bullshit. Would you, so Kelsey moves money around, says that there's a move coming on him and his brother's podcast. If I said to you, you get one, Odell Beckham or Robert Quinn, who do you want for the Chiefs? I'd rather have Quinn. 18 and a half sacks last year. I know, I know. He hasn't shown up this year. And I feel like they're not one player away on defense. And like maximizing what they're great at feels like it maybe should be the move. Von Miller trade. Right, no, he's not Von Miller. He's not Von Miller. Von Miller light. Von Miller light, yeah. I mean, they're, they're clearly going to do something is the point. So, like, they, they are not a finished product because of youth, because of health, and because of that cap space. But I agree with you. They're, they're a flawed team. It's not nearly the best Chiefs team we've seen in the last five years. What are your expectations for Dak, Lions, Cowboys? You know, not very high, actually. 
because I think Mike McCarthy is going to tell Kellen Moore to basically play it very safe with him in this game because the 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 Cowboys' pass blocking win rate is last in football. So I think if they have him like he did in Week One, try to sit back there and make plays, you know that could spell disaster for them. So given the fact that their line has played better, they're run blocking better. Uh, I'm just the way their defense is played. You could probably beat Detroit in your sleep. At least that's how they're probably looking at this game. I don't know. I think they kind of want, at least for this game, Danny, I know you got to avoid the temptation because Detroit's defense is garbage. That, yeah. But I think they're going to try to just take the formula they've used with Cooper Rush and ask Dak Prescott to do it. Uh, yeah, I think that we're probably within 90% agreement here. I, I think that you want to play it safe working him back in as much as you can play it safe in a league where the worst team can beat the best team because it's the NFL and it's not college football, right? Yeah. Like you can't overdo it in that way and play scared. And like, that just doesn't work in this league. Everyone's too good. Everyone's too close to each other. Uh, it's the perfect opponent, right? It, it's just, it's a perfect spot. For, for him to come back. The Lions defense is atrocious. Their secondary has been bad. Like, But I can... also think it would be just so classic Cowboys to lose this game and just create a drama. Like, yes. Yes. I agree completely. <laughs> uh, and Jerry's outside the locker room after the game and he's just, it, he looks like he just watched his dog die. <laughs> he's just completely morose. Just Johnny catatonic. Walker Blue on an IV. Yeah, what is it with you and his Johnny Walker Blue obsession? Do you know that that's a real thing, or do you just assume that? No, because he's a, a real fan. Thing. Okay. Uh, Don Van Nata did a profile on Jerry Jones, whatever it was, like five something years ago, and he was like, every time they talked, he like was offering him Johnny Walker Blue. There was just Johnny Walker Blue, and was the that flow? Marconi award ceremony that you were at the other day was that Johnny Walker blue friendly dude no uh it's radio so (laughs) so it's no uh but I will say I drank quite a bit uh before during after the entire on your dime uh some on my dime some on Odyssey's dime thank you to Mitch Rosen and the the expense account for pre and post ceremony we did tequila shots to drown our sorrows. I mean, Greg Hill, really? I lost to Greg Hill, Pony. I lost. <laughs> hey, to you were nominated, man. That's... I was. Oh yeah. So I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, you know my wife Stephanie. She's very nice. She's sweet. We're out having a very nice sushi dinner the night in New York City beforehand. Yep. It's like a pre-Marconi celebration, a pre-birthday celebration. And she, the whole time, she's like, you're going to win, you're going to win. And I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't think so. And I said some version of, you know, it's just an honor to be nominated. And she said that she had been drinking. She goes, that's what losers say. (laughs) So good. It was so good. Was that a turn on or turn off? Turn on in the moment. And then I was just busting her balls all day. The day married to a loser. The day, right, exactly. And then afterwards, I was like, well, I guess I'm a loser. And just, oh, man, I was twisting that knife in her. It was good. Danny, the Steelers-Dolphins game that I'll be up watching on Sunday night, 
How do you feel about Tua's return now that he's you know been very graphic in his commentary of what happened in Cincinnati? And now just a few weeks later, uh, a spectacle in prime time where all the football world's going to be watching and probably collectively holding its breath every time he's on the field Sunday night. It's uncomfortable. Yep. It's, it's uncomfortable. And, but there's two things. Is it irresponsible? We don't know that. Does it feel irresponsible to you? It, what it feels like is that, the cognitive dissonance that we all do because we've all been informed by Dr. Bennett Omalu and CTE and the movie with Will Smith, tell the truth. You're Chris Nowinski's of the world, people like that. And concussion settlements and Dave Dorson and Junior Seau and tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Jovan yeah. Belcher that I covered up close and personal in Kansas City. Um, we know, we know, this is a not an opinion, it is a fact, that brain damage is a byproduct of football. We know it. And we also know that a guy like Troy Aikman who got a ton of brutal hits and concussions during a career in an era when we didn't know about all of this stuff seems to be largely fine. And guys who say, oh, I had one or two concussions, maybe, can be the guys who have the worst impact of it. It, We are not at a point yet where we can predict with certainty which hits cause it, it's more about sub-concussive hits. It's about repeated head trauma. And some people are more susceptible to it than others. People don't like that nuance being injected into it. So it's uncomfortable because we saw what happened to Tua. Then we saw it happen again. We saw the protocol fail. And we saw all the ugliness around it. But these players nowadays in 2022, and for the last few years, frankly, have made it a lot easier on us to put that part of it aside because they are going into it willingly and knowingly. There is no more debate or secret, right? In the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the NFL was denying it. They were big tobacco back in the day. So like I personally, yeah, was a little squeamish about the Tua thing. But at this point, man, if he's been cleared and he wants to play, he knows the risks going in. He, he's not going to retire. If he does retire, that's his choice. But he's not going to retire, so he's going to play. So I know this is long-winded, but I think there's like a little bit of nuance here. We do not know if Tua is going to suffer from long-term brain trauma any more than we do about Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddell or anyone else on the Dolphins. We just happen to see two brutal hits within a short period of time for a specific player. But we don't know what's going to happen 20 years into the future for these guys. None of us do. Well, all that I think is very well said. But if he hits his head on the turf Sunday night on an innocuous play that's not even a brutal, dirty play, and he's down, the reaction of most of the watching world will be, why was he out there in the first place? 
again. But what? But so what's the answer? He never plays again. No, I don't think. I, no, I mean, I don't think that that's fair. I don't think that that's the right answer. But, but, but so my point is, is that if they waited another two weeks and he got hit and he had another concussion because of a random play or a heavy play, a dirty play, whatever the case may be, like that moment of squeamishness, it doesn't, it doesn't go away, right? Like whenever Tua plays football again, we are going to have that feeling if he. Well, gets I, I, I would just ask. And I'm not, again, you know, I'm, I don't pretend to be a doctor here, but how many NFL players in the last few years since we've gotten more information and the policies have changed and the NFL has been more transparent and more supposedly built, uh, vigilant about this, how many guys have suffered three concussions in a month's time? I, yeah, because that's I what he's potentially facing if it were to happen Sunday night again. Right. I don't know the answer. I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, it's, and, and, and that is super scary, right? Like the two and five days and dude, absolutely. Like I, I just want to be very clear. And I think I was, I'm not minimizing it at all, but these guys at this point do know the risks. Yep. They just do like they, I wouldn't do it. Are you kidding? Like maybe I'll let my kids play flag football but like even that I wouldn't want them to like get the itch so bad to love it to play and obviously my kids are not going to be crazy great athletes like so I'm not gonna have to really worry about it but like I don't want my kids anywhere near high school football you know so I just I'm obviously squeamish about it but I just think on a practical matter Tua knows what he's signing up for and he's been cleared and so he wants to play, and his team obviously wants him to play. And I don't have a better alternative than him going out there. And isn't Kenny Pickett going to play? Well, it depends what happens with the independent doctor on Saturday morning. Because the Steelers doctors are saying he's good. But as someone that's getting paid by the NFL, who just watched what happened with Miami, and the fact that they're playing Miami, yeah. is that person going to say, yeah, seven days later, he's good to play? I have my doubts about that. From everything I've heard, he looks good, and the Steelers are preparing him to start and acting like he's their starter with no contingency plans whatsoever. They've given Trubisky zero first-team reps, but we'll see if that doctor who really works for the NFL wants to put his or her fanny on the line and give the guy the, the green light Sunday. I but then aren't they opening that. themselves up if they do play him to the exact same thing that Miami yes. opened themselves up Yeah, I talked about that on my show all week. That's yeah. why I'm not sure that independent doctor is going to want to do that, Danny. No, I understand, but like, but my, I guess my point is, is that the Steelers do, yeah, and Kenny Pickett does, which is like the whole thrust of this thing. And you got to protect these teams from themselves and the players from themselves, and it's why the system failed Tua and all of that. But like, if he clears that protocol, they're going to play him, and then if he gets yeah. another hit, the whole storm is going to start up again. But I think we just have to acknowledge. That that is inherent in football. That is, it is just is if you are playing that game, you are suffering brain damage. And the question is, how bad is it going to be? It is a part of the game. It's not a side effect of the game. It is a part of the game. Packers commanders here. Do you look at the Packers and Aaron Rodgers as being in trouble this game or big picture? Yes and yes. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I mean, the stuff that came out this week between... Sometimes I would write this off to just a failure to communicate between the head coach and the quarterback. But we know Aaron Rodgers is too smart for that. He's too sensitive. He's too perceptive of everything that's going on. You know, this whole thing about simplifying the offense and then, you know, LaFleur basically is like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, that's, something's going on there. Something's going on. They're not, uh, they, I almost feel like those two in, in particular, yes, they know what they signed up for because they were not completely in the dark when it came to the Devontae Adams trade. But I just feel like they're using that as a crutch for their season kind of coming off the rails. Yeah, I think that, you know, the Adams story is one where you wonder if time travel existed, if they would do it all, if they, everyone would do it a little differently. And the Packers say they made a competitive offer to him, and Devontae said they made a competitive but offer. But I think there's hubris on both Rodgers and LaFleur's part where they're like, we're both so good at our jobs. Yeah, this guy's really good, but we'll be fine without him. And now I think they're figuring out it ain't that easy. No, I mean, clearly it's it, it's clearly not. And that would be completely ridiculous to have felt that way, given that he's a top five receiver in the game. And when him and Rodgers were together, he was arguably one of one. But uh, I do I do think that they're in some trouble. I do. Taylor Heineke always impresses me. Like he's one of those guys where he well, he's a poor man's Fitzpatrick. He can light it up. Exactly. Well, he's just dude's not afraid. No, nope. like that guy goes in there and slings it and he's kind of fun to watch and there will be no fear there. So he might throw three touchdowns or he might throw three picks, but, but he's going down, taking his shots. So I could see him injecting some life uh, into that team. And we've talked about liking their weapons this year. So I definitely, listen, if you lose to the giants and the jets, uh, you obviously are vulnerable. And I know those teams have winning records, but you're obviously vulnerable. Uh, when you're supposed to be one of the favorites in the NFC. But I I won't – I admit to being someone who will be very late. I will not be the first one to write off the Packers for the season because I've seen him do the relaxed thing. I've seen him start slow, and I can't be the guy who says uh, the NFC is so terrible and they've got all of these young weapons and not say that as long as they – like if they get in – at 10 and seven or whatever it would be and just make the playoffs. And then you have Aaron Rodgers be like, well, that guy can't go on a run assuming those players get better over 17 weeks if they're healthy. So I'm not at all writing the Packers off, but they're clearly flirting with disaster right now. 
Jets and Broncos, do you take the Jets seriously? Are they for real in Danny Parkins' world? Yes or no? As a wild card team? No, like a good team. Like, is this a good team right here? Good team. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they are a, they are like the, what I would say is at the beginning of the year, when I break the NFL schedule before everybody else, and no one nationally credits me in any way. Um, I do, but I guess I don't count as national. That's no, the... you're one of my best friends, and you work locally. So, no, you don't. Um, but when that happens every year, and people all around the country go through their schedule, and then we do the like performative, well, we're going to do the win-loss, and we're going to talk about the difficulty of the schedule, but we know that we never can really predict whose schedule is tough and whose yeah. schedule is easy and that whole thing. like. I actually love doing that. I I do too. I do too. It's why I love breaking the news of the NFL schedule. It's the greatest. Uh, But the Jets are like the perfect example. Everybody would have said if the Jets were on your schedule. At home. W. Easy game. That's, that's, you know, and now it's anything but a certainty. And every year there's a bunch of teams like that. The Giants are a team like that. The Jets are a team like that. You know, the, in the other direction, depending on what you think about uh, like Vegas, right. Or Denver to do this matchup, like everything, Denver, scary team, AFC contender. We weren't really as hot on that, but like, we didn't think that they were going to flirt with being a five win team or whatever, six win team. So it's just like, it's really, really tough to predict. And yeah, the jets are a competitive team that are not going to be fun for most teams to play with a high ceiling as Wilson continues to develop. Yeah, I, Wilson, I still, you know, he had that big fourth quarter against the te- against the Steelers. But I don't think I've really been impressed by him at all outside of that during this run. It's, it's more largely been about the young guys that have come on for them, like Brees Hall at running back, Sauce Gardner at corner. Quinn Williams. Awesome. Quinn and Williams look like Aaron Donald against Green Bay. Like, it's been more crediting those individuals. And I still think the quarter, I still think the quarterback can be a landmine for them. You know, I think he's got a great throwing arm talent, but the decision-making is questionable. And the reason why I'm I'm hesitant to say they are for real is because look at what the Denver defense did to Herbert uh, on Monday night. I could easily see Denver, you know, we come on the air after to do a Sunday night podcast. And even though Russell Wilson might've been so-so, it's like a 24 to three game because the Broncos forced like four turnovers. So the, the Denver defense has allowed six touchdowns this year. That is an unbelievable and such an indictment on Russell, isn't it? Oh <laughs> my God, dude. When I saw that, I was I, like, I, I would not trade my job for any local radio job that, you know what I mean? But like, I want to do like one show in Denver. I, I, I just think that that would be such a, fascinating NFL ecosystem to it's a great fan base like great weed town you'd flourish there oh I would kill it in Denver Uh, (laughs) yeah I would absolutely kill it but like you know what I mean like it's like the Nuggets don't have great fans the Rockies don't have great fans who cares about hockey I know you do a little bit but like Broncos fans are legit like it's a 365 Broncos town you get a coach you give a quarterback a quarter of a billion you're in this crazy division and like he's talking about Wolverine blood and like like 
surgeries and excuses and just, oh my God, there's so much drama there. And this defense is unbelievable. It's like the defense that won Peyton the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's just being completely squandered. So yeah, that is a that is a hell of a spot. Same question for you uh, that you had for me on the Jets. It's Giants, Jaguars. Are the Giants real? The the people that do the power rankings in Vegas and the odds makers answer that no. And I like them a lot because I'm probably for my career very much a losing better. So <laughs> they get things right a lot more than I do. Yeah. So when I see Jags favored again this week against the Giants, when I see the look-ahead line for week eight, Seattle is favored against the Giants. When I see, like, in every game, they're an underdog. They beat the Packers. Eh, you're a big underdog against the Ravens. Like, it's it's a cute story. And there's, you know, there's something to be said about a team's tenacity and how pugnacious they are to win these games in the fourth quarter and they get down big and they never give up. Like, yeah, that'd make a great movie. But I also think that that shoe is ready to drop at any given moment. And I, I think they'll probably lose on Sunday to Jacksonville. Yeah. I think that they're very clearly a paper tiger. Um, Like what you want to believe if you're a giants fan is that somehow, some way, this is a reflection of the coach and that it is a sustainable thing. Because the best thing that a coach can be is a And not like a Dick Duran, Jim Miller scenario right. that your fans lived through in, in Chicago that one year. Right. And it was a total fluke. Right. You want to you want to believe... The, the best thing that a coach can be is, you know, like an X's and O's wizard. But right there is maximizer of talent. You give me bad talent, I make it mediocre. You give me mediocre, I make it good. You give me uh, good, I make it great. Like that's the best thing a coach can be because it it, it develops players. You don't need a superstar quarterback. You don't have to hit the lottery, all that stuff. So that's what you're hoping if you're a Giants fan. But like, you got to know that even within their own division, they're, they're the third best team, much less within a flawed NFC. So it would almost be easier if they lost a couple of these coin flip games just so that there weren't any temptations to make irrational decisions or emotional decisions off of outlier results. Like you go 12 and five or 11 and six and you start talking about committing to Danny Dimes or to Saquon or, you know what I mean? Like, you you don't you don't want one of those horseshoe type seasons. Yeah. How about the Browns and Ravens? Is this a get right game for Lamar Jackson? Is Mark Andrews going to play? Like uh, it's it, this is going to be listened to mostly on Friday morning, and I don't think we have that information yet, unless you have really good sources. Well, no, I guess my the point is schedule maker sources that give I you don't, injury. Okay. I, I, I don't, I, I, I guess my, I, I knew the answer. It was more of a sarcastic retort. Um, I, obviously the Browns defense has been terrible. They have names, they have high priced talent, but they are not productive against the pass or the run. So Lamar might be able to just do this by himself, but, and he's used to that given the supporting cast that he's had throughout his career there. Uh, and Dobbins hasn't been anything good, but he's another guy who's going to be injured. Like it might be Kenyon Drake yeah. again. 
um, or is it right? Justice Hill is the guy they think is next up there, I think. <laughs> but like you, it's like for Dak against Detroit, it's the right opponent to try to get right and to bounce back. Yeah. But can Superman do it alone? I think that Jackson is honestly the most complicated conversation piece or topic in the entire league. Because I feel like there's been so much criticism of him when he's played well, that when he doesn't play well, there's like a reluctance to go in on him. So it's a very weird spot where I think he, people try to come up with caveats or come up with, you know, you know, yeah, he's but he's talent. You know, he's, he's, I, he's I mean, he's he really, talent. I, he did not get crushed the way that he should have been killed for that interception in the Giants game. It was a terrible throw. I mean, it, and it we changed talked about it. it. They, I know we did, but they lost the game because of that. Yeah, it was a, it was a terrible, terrible decision start to finish. Even the and, intended target. Right. It wasn't like he threw it to Andrews. And, yeah, and, 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 and I don't, and I don't like, look, listen, you know, I, I try to do my best to canvas all the, all the places and all the people whose opinions I value and are the tastemakers for the NFL and, you know, are the best, most authoritative people. And I, I don't know. I just felt like it's just so weird with him where there, there's such a flood of people that want to always knock this guy down that I just feel like they didn't want to beat a dead horse after they lost that game on Sunday. So I think, I think that that's a, a fair observation. And I think it's a, you know, the sports take industrial complex works in mysterious ways and guys get in it and there are narratives and there are lines in the sand and it happens. But I, I, I look at Lamar as, a great talent, a singular talent, obviously not as refined and consistent of a passer as the the guys who you think of MVP quarterback in their prime. But like if it's Allen, if it's Bills Ravens or if it's Chiefs Ravens, right? The two guys that you would hold up as gold standard of his yeah. peers, his contemporaries you absolutely know that those guys can lose to Lamar Jackson, right? Like his best is absolutely as good as those guys' best. And so like, I always have viewed him in that lens and like look more, way more for me personally, the, the positives more than the negatives, but his as high of a ceiling as anybody, but a lower floor than the other greats, much more boomer bust. But I still also say has the least amount of work with. Where's his Stefan Diggs? Yep. Where's his Travis Kelsey? Where his, where's his Tyreek Hill? Um, next game. Lost my spot. Oh, here it is. But Bucks Panthers. Brady says he's yeah, no retirement in his future, but this yeah. is this is this, this, so which so which is just like very clearly, I have a great divorce lawyer, and I'm not worried about any of that nonsense anymore. Um Think he he reminds everybody that he still is a forty four year old in his prime. No, I like I, I'm I, this. This is one of those situations with him right now where I think I want to kind of just 
I want to, if this were a craps table or if this were a blackjack table, I'd want to just put the marker down and sit out of hand. You know, I'd want some, or poker, I'd want something to just hold my spot for, for a couple of hands, you know, go have a cigarette or a drink or something. Like I, I just, I do not, even though this is the biggest mismatch in the NFL this week and the Panthers are throwing in the towel, they've got guys quitting mid game and getting traded and they just traded their best player and they fired their coach and they have a minor league quarterback starting. PJ Walker, baby. Yeah, I just don't. I got to see it to believe it with Brady at this point in 2022, which is a weird commentary that I, I'm here on October 22nd, but I am with any him. other team. I'm with you. Literally any other team. Texans. Bears. So you'll lay the points. The line will probably go up to about 13 by the time the McCaffrey stuff settles. Um, I I wouldn't bet Carolina. It's lay it's lay it or don't play it. It dude, Carolina is not a representative NFL team right now. There's you know, which every, I think at this point, this is what they want to be a right. They're this is right, the this, is, this is by design. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're what we thought Houston or Atlanta or whatever. And and then they were in the conversation for it, but yeah, they, they are awful. And so literally, I mean, the lions, the brand, literally any other team, I would be in the exact spot that you are. But I think, I think Carolina is, is the exception. And I think that, I think Brady goes for 300, uh, in, in this game. Like I heard Howie Long say this about the Raiders and their game against the Texans that this is like a good one in four team. Like as a, as an ambassador or as a face of the Raiders, like they, even though the record sucks, they like their team. I think the Colts a few years ago started one in five and made the playoffs with Frank Reich and Andrew Luck and rallied that the Raiders think that they, they should be much better than their record and they can actually turn their season around. You buy that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. They turn their season around feels unlikely because of division and conference. But like I've got one survivor team left in the in the circa 6 million guaranteed and I've been advocating in my little group that we bought in with for for the Raiders because of a lot of what you said before the idea of turn their season around. I mean, I, I five point loss to the chargers, six point loss to the Cardinals, two point loss to Tennessee, 
one point loss to the Chiefs, beat the Broncos by nine. So we're you're talking about four losses, three of them on the road, all six points or less, none against bad teams. So yes, they, like they they could be five and zero, oh, and they're coming off a bye and they're at home. So yes, they they are better than their record indicates. They have had some tough one score game, razor edge of the NFL tough luck. Yeah, but they're not a and and they and Jacobs looks amazing. Like they're running for five point something yards per carry as a team with an awful offensive line. Yeah, so like, like Jacobs looks great, Devontae looks great, Renfro. You know what I mean? Like so they yeah the the pass rush has not been there. Um, what they thought with Chandler Jones opposite Crosby, that hasn't worked. And pass protection hasn't been there. Carr's been taking too many sacks. So they're a flawed team. And there's a reason that they're losing these close games. And McDaniel has not proven to be a difference maker uh, as, a, as a coach or a game planner. But there's not a team I like more in, in Survivor this week. I, I expect them to get the win. Yeah, I don't trust them. They remind me a lot of... Some of those years there where the Chargers with Phillip Rivers would start the season with a horrible record and they almost like every game they'd be down like 10 points with five minutes left and Rivers would have to pull a rabbit out of a hat or for the whole season they'd be like two and six and they'd have to fight to get to like eight and eight or nine and seven to try to backdoor their way into the playoffs. But they had they had weapons on offense and they had a good quarterback. And that's kind of how I look at them. Like, I think when I when you ran down those games, for, for me, for whatever reason with that team, my reaction isn't they're due or they've had bad luck. It's been, well, these are the Raiders and they find a way to lose games like that. So. Yeah, no, and and I mean, until proven otherwise, I guess that's fair. But like, we know that Arizona loss was super fluky. That Arizona loss is one of the three weirdest yeah. res- results of the season, probably. Two fumbles and Renfro fumbled twice in a row. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So that that's one of the weirdest games of the year. Ch- Chargers in the opener got sacked a hundred times and lost by five. Lost by one Monday night in Arrowhead. Crazy game. Like you know, like I I I feel you, but I I'm not saying they're good, but I do think they're better than their record is. Um, we only have a couple of games left here. On this on this slate, Bengals and Falcons. Atlanta's the only undefeated team against the spread. I have them as a six and a half point dog right now in Cincinnati. Does their undefeated against the spread streak continue? No, I think they're going to get pounded. I think I, like I agree completely. I think like trend betters are people that I try to disassociate myself with. Like, I just feel like that's like, you know, I'll sometimes cite those numbers because I think that people like hearing them because I think it can add to a conversation. I don't really subscribe to them at all. And I think somebody will be like, Oh, look at the Falcons. You know, they'll do the same thing you do with the Raiders. Look at how they almost beat the Rams. Look at how they almost beat the Bucks. They got screwed. Terrell's probably not going to play and Chase just went off in this whole business of like trying to run the ball without Patterson and keep it close and hope that you make the right play at the right time at the end of the game. 
No, I think Cincinnati's starting to click here. Their offensive line is finally jiving. I think they probably, they might win the game by the biggest margin in the NFL this week. Man, we're, we're lockstep. Um, they put up 30 on Cincy, uh, on, uh, on New Orleans, Orleans last week uh, on the road. I know that it was only 17 points the week before against Buffalo. The week before that, they hung 27 in Miami. I, I think Cincy's better. I think Cincy at less than a touchdown is a hammer spot. Um, T. Higgins going to play. Jamar got rolling. The skill position guys are starting to come around. Yep. Um, I I, th- I think it's I think it's a thirty plus point explosion for for Cincinnati and maybe Atlanta hangs around. I've been impressed with them. Like I, I'm with you on you know there. To me, you need if a trend is like over too big of a period of time when it's like different coaches, different quarterbacks, like there's been like fucking conference realignment in the midst of it or whatever, like that's completely throw it out. Or if it's a real small sample of five, six weeks like this, I think you throw it out. Like I think a trend that matters is like Andy Reid off a bye, you know, Bill Belichick in openers. Like, mm-hmm. like that, there's enough of a body of work there with a content, with something that's continuous that you can have some, have some actionable plays behind that. But no, this is this is a sensey spot, but that that will be uh, in like a picks contest. I think that Atlanta will be one of the most popular picks of the entire week because of that. My guess is the books will need Cincinnati big. We talk about public yeah. dogs. I think Atlanta is going to be the biggest public dog uh, of the week. Colts, Titans. Titans going to continue their dominance here over Indy. Uh, no, I don't think so, but this is this, you know, this wild ride that you're on with the Titans where you just hate the ever loving shit out of that team. I'm just not going to watch this game. (laughs) They always find a way, uh, to rise to the top of the AFC South. Look, the Matt Ryan thing. And now with Jonathan Taylor coming back, like you earmark that. You know, you, you know, like the baseball broadcasters are like, circle that play. You know, like somebody makes a diving catch down two runs. Like if they come back to win this game, you circle that play right there. You know, your co-host probably loves saying shit like that because he's <laughs> yeah. one of these guys who gets off to baseball. Yeah. Um, I yeah, honestly... Please, please stop saying that. It's, a, it's giving yeah, me a flashback. I really think that, you know, it's possible we look back on that game against Jacksonville and do that with Ryan. Well, it's one of the single craziest box scores of the season. I've cited the stat like a hundred times. Where he didn't get sacked and he threw it a million times. And he, he's a statue and he didn't get sacked. 58 he, pass attempts, 42 completions, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks. Coming into the game, most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. That makes no sense. That is a crazy result. So, yeah. Maybe something clicked. Um, it's been a wild ride for those of us who have been tracking the AFC South gambling markets. The Colts are back to being favorites. Yep. Dude, the markets love Indy. They're plus but one. But the Titans are favored in this game. So that's a that's a I, that's I a know. contradiction. I know. It's I mean, I I look at it every week. It's unbelievable. All three teams 
have been favored to win that division yep. at some point. And now it's back to right where it started with the Colts as a short favorite to, to be, to win this crappy division. Can you just watch this game for me? So I don't have to, I hate these teams. I hate gambling on these teams. I hate caring uh, about these teams. I, I feel like you actually, I feel like you actually like this last game, the final game, which is Seahawks chargers. I love this game. And the question I have for you is what's more likely the chargers win the AFC West or the Seahawks make the playoffs. Okay, more likely is clearly the Chargers. Better bet is, I think, a more interesting conversation because the Chargers are, I looked it up, they're like plus 210 to win the AFC West. And you hate that. Well, at that price, yeah, they're too injured. But Jason Seattle, Jackson getting benched, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, but Seattle is five to one to make the playoffs. I told you last week it was like eighteen to one, bro. Well, I know, I know, but so like objectively, like if the question is what's more likely, the Chargers to win the AFC West or Seattle to make the playoffs, I'll take the two to I'll take the gambling market telling me that it's two to one against five to one. But which ticket would I rather be holding? Like a two to one Chargers ticket or a five to one Seattle ticket? I think I still think there's more value on the five to one Seattle ticket. But if you hadn't looked that up on your own, would you have thought that off the top of your head? That the odds were placed no. that way? I didn't no. think so. No. Um but how many NFC teams are we definitively saying are making the play right? Like, okay. Philly. Um Dallas. Dallas, NFC North winner, NFC South winner. Well, that'll be Tampa. Right, T Tampa. Almost by default. Yep. Um, NFC West winner, which probably is not Seattle. You're at five teams right now. Right. So what are the chances that Seattle is six or seven? In the NFC. Are favored against the Giants next week. I mean, even though there's a big difference in record right now, that would be a big one. That would be a swing game in their favor. Man, I, I, I'm telling you right now, this Kenneth Walker kid, I think he's getting a late start, but I like tickets on him to win the rookie of the year. Mm. Because if he, if he follows up what he did last week, and they start winning games because, you know, he adds to the Geno Smith narrative and they become a big juggernaut offense. That's not a hard award, right? That's a wide open award. Right it is. Now. I don't I don't even see it posted right now at the site that I'm looking on. Because I think Olave Thursday night had another game and that kind of. Oh, factors. yeah. So they haven't they haven't reposted the numbers. OK, that makes sense. But dude, he's good. He's a really good player. Yes. And he wants the ball a lot. He's durable. I, yeah, I mean, I, do you know what the number was? I think he was like worse than 20 to one. Oh, okay. This week. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I'll look, I'll look at that in the morning and see if I can get in there. It's weird about the chargers, man. Um, I was such a big Brandon Staley guy. And now I find myself wondering if like I talked myself out of one of my, number one rules, which is 
you want an offensive coach, period. Like Belichick's the exception. The other guys that get love for it, one with Hall of Famers, like you want an offensive coach, period. And what what would Herbert be if he had Brian Dable? Or he, you know what I mean? Or if he if he just had Kevin O'Connell. Somebody who wasn't related to Vince Lombardi as the <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I can't believe I'm there. And if any of my radio audience is still listening an hour or two into this podcast, they'll be like, I can't believe you're turning on Staley. And I, I, I still like him, but yeah. It's a tricky game for them on Sunday. It's it a is. a very tricky spot. Man, we went long with a short. Well, there's a huge sh- there was a huge trade. Yeah, yeah. But thanks and to you everyone. you also got nominated for a Marconi. And we had to work that in a couple times, Danny. Did I mention that I was nominated for a Marconi? I was a finalist. They flew me to New York. I lost to Greg Hill. I lost to Greg Hill, and he didn't even have the weekly interview with Tom Brady. Do you know how much that hurts? He has Belichick every week. Dan Dan Patrick won. He didn't even show up. He was probably at Nick's Halloween party. <laughs> Nick was there. He tried to give his speech. <laughs> Dan Patrick, it was amazing. <laughs> I'll was- see you, dude. Great stuff. All right, Sunday night. All right, I'll talk to you Sunday. All Thanks right, to Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review. Thirsty Pod. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.